So, how many are glad you came to church today? How many are excited for some 40 degree temperatures this week? I think five people got stuck in my long driveway, including a snow plow. I'm not going to mention names of who that was, but there may or may not been a snow plow come in to try to help me out and uh, be really gracious to us. And uh, it just didn't work. So UPS truck got stuck. Nicole got stuck. She went straight into the UPS tracks. I'm like, she was, I was on the phone with her too, which you should not ever talk and drive, right? So, so she's like, oh, somebody got stuck in the tracks. So I had to come home from work and get her out, and so it was an interesting week, but uh, it's beautiful, right? It's, it's awesome, but we're ready for spring in Ohio, right? Speaking of which, we need to quit crying and complaining because we got some folks here, some, some uh, family, some friends here from Minnesota, and uh, we always invite Jamie to come here uh, around February because this doesn't scare him at all. He's like, Pfft. I'm Minnesota strong, right? So anyway, he's got his son, Josiah, and also uh, a good friend and one of their uh, worship team members, uh, Tony, who helped us on piano today. How many enjoyed Tony joining in our team? Beautiful. Thanks. And is it Emily? Emily came to visit as well. So welcome, guys. We're so honored that you're here. And, uh, but I want to call up my dear friend now. Uh, Proverbs 27 mentions iron sharpening iron. And so one person sharpens another person. And, and I was thinking, like, processing all week how to introduce uh, Jamie. First off, we were connected through a mutual friend, mutual mentor, uh, Leif Hetland. And he's like, we're, I, we were hungry for the prophetic here. We were hungry for uh, moving in the prophetic ministries and, and growing in prophecy. And uh, Leif's like, you got to invite Jamie. But through the years, his prophetic gift has been amazing, but his apostolic gift in my life, in this church, in this house, has been really valuable. But more than that, he has been a friend. And let me just describe iron sharpening iron. Uh, Through the years that we've known each other, I I think this is a total guess, maybe roughly five years. And... um, I used to have a lawn mowing company, and we'd have snow, the, um, the blades, the, the mowing blades. We'd have to sharpen those. Every, every few, every couple of weeks, we're sharpening a whole set of sets of blades. And they get dings and nicks. And the thing is, like, at times, that's, that's hard. And you, you, you'd sometimes get it so hot and so, um, you'd have to get those nicks and dings out that it would, it would actually start to uh, heat up that metal, right? And make it pliable and moldable. And then all of a sudden, you have something that can be effective and, and healthy for the grass again. And that's, for me, that's, that's our relationship. And I think as a friend, as a brother, as a, as a friend of this house, even through some of our nicks and our dings and our journey and, and, and even making mistakes along the way and we hit something or whatever it might be, um, we, we're sharpening each other's iron and for him he just comes in and, and he digs in and helps me be a better man, a better friend, a better brother, and a better leader for sure. Uh, so Jamie Van Gelder, come on up brother. Yeah, let's welcome him. So I got one more thing. Um, we do this thing, or at least multiple times have done this thing when we visit each other. We, we do covenantal or at least symbolic gifts. 
And a couple years ago, he came here and he brought this really special pin to me. And I believe it was taken from a tree from the Cane Ridge Revival area. And, uh, and it was taken from a tree. And these, these pins were made from a tree there and planted. There was only a few. And I remember you giving this to me saying, this is a house that's going to be a part of the next Great Awakening. And it was really symbolic and special to me. I don't even use it to write with. It's like on a shelf for me. I, I should be using it. But uh, I don't want to like damage it or lose it. Uh, this year, I took my family, as you guys know, to Cane Ridge, Kentucky, and we went to that revival site. And last week or a couple weeks ago, I was mentioning, like, I steal rocks from places, and I steal memory stones, and I just took a rock. And the, I text Jamie just randomly to, to say hey or whatever. I said, we just, we just left Cane Ridge, Kentucky, and he's like, we were, I was just literally talking about it or something. There was a connection there. So I, I brought in some hammers today, and the rock that I stole, I, I split. And I wanted to give you this just as a friendship gift. This is from Cane Ridge, Kentucky. Um, the Lord forgave me for stealing it from there. Uh, the groundskeeper didn't care. Uh, he didn't realize it. But anyway, uh, just a symbolic gift that I believe, like, that rock isn't just meant and that, and for that revival, too. It wasn't meant to stay there. It was actually only a few days. It was meant to be spread across not just our nation but the globe. And just like you giving me this gift from Cane Ridge, I want to give you one that we together are part of, uh, of the next great awakening. So I love you brother. Hey, good morning, everybody. Do me a favor here. Would you uh, join me in prayer as we jump into the word this morning? Father, we thank you for your presence. Lord, that you're here. You're in the midst of us. Lord, that you are not distant, that you are close. Lord, that trial, that test, greatest joys, greatest pleasures, that these things don't determine your nearness to us. That the veil has been torn and that your hand is steady, you're faithful. Lord, you're faithful for each person in this room today. Holy Spirit, you're here, you're with them. And uh, so, Lord, corporately right now, we just welcome you. We welcome you into this place. We welcome you into this gathering. Declare over it, Jesus, would you come and preside over this time? Preside over this time by your Holy Spirit. Jesus said, how much more will the Father grant the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So would you join me this morning and just ask, Father, would you pour out your spirit afresh in this place? Lord, come. Come and do what only you can do. Come and do what only you can do, Lord. God, we thank you for that, Lord. We bless our time together. Declare your lordship in it. Jesus, come and do what only you can do. Come on, and anybody who dared to agree with that said, amen. amen. Hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, we were remarking on the way in that it was 20 degrees out, which was like 40 degrees warmer than it was last week <laughs> in Minnesota. So, oh, too funny. Um, my, uh, my son and uh, our friend Tony has traveled with us. Um, before I get going here, um, I wanted to invite Josiah up. Uh, we're going to... Uh, call out a few people and just prophesy over some folks this morning, if that's all right. So would you guys welcome Josiah? Um, 
Uh, I just told, I asked him to, in worship, just pick out a few people, and uh, then we're going to go ahead and just pray and minister to people. Uh, like in any uh, reality in God, when God does something for one person, it doesn't, uh, it's not isolated. He's no respecter of persons. Uh, what he does for one, he'll do for another. And so often when the Holy Spirit's speaking, it's not just to one person. So if, uh, if you hear somebody else's word and you're like, man, I could have used that word of encouragement this morning, just steal it. Just like Aaron and the rock. It's, it's yours. All right, <laughs> right bud, who did who, uh, the Lord lay on your heart? Okay, uh, first off, you right there, black shirt, yep. I'll say, uh, what's your name? Zach. Zach. All right, Zach. I just saw that you have probably the biggest, most gentlest, softest heart in this room. Like the, I I saw you immediately in worship, and something about you just immediately clicked in my head. Like you have an amazing connection to people, and when you speak with them, they are going to relate with you on a level that they didn't even realize was possible. Like they are going to just talk with you and suddenly feel loved. That's something that's just all of a sudden they won't even be able to explain it which like what is this feeling like I, I've never felt this connection with someone before and you could be total strangers I feel like that's that's a gift God's given you um, uh, so Zach the, you've got that uh, battle worthy physique <laughs> and Josiah's making a comment about that the God given heart and uh, I, I just I do see you coming alongside people and being strong on their behalf. And I would encourage you, what the, when the Lord puts somebody on your heart, puts a situation on your heart, he's in it somewhere. We don't always interpret it right immediately, but, but if you'll draw close to that person or to that situation, the Holy Spirit will uh, he'll put you right in the right place, the right moment. It'll unlock something for you. And so... Uh, would you guys just extend your hands towards Zach? They're just going to pray for him. Lord, your grace is abundant, and it always is on time. And we thank you that you cause Zach's path to cross with people right at the right moment, the right time. You're going before him, and your angels set up good works for him to walk in. And so, Lord, we pray for the, the Holy Spirit ambushes that the love of God would pour through Zach and would be a champion on people's behalf. Lord, we thank you for that. Just declare that in Jesus' name. Okay. All right, and then for you two. So you guys, I already, I already, I already know you two. Uh, I was saying about you guys. You guys are leading the youth. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Introduce yourself. Mike and Jackie. Let's say... I got in worship, uh, honestly, it was like a revelation. I think your guys' youth group is going to explode. Like, legitimately, I think the youth group has probably two of the strongest leaders it could hope for, that you two are going to bring to it uh, kindness, an understanding, and a growth. That these kids are going to walk away not just better off, but they are going to walk away filled with God, understanding who they are, and they're going to grow into some of the most amazing leaders we could hope for. And I, I truly believe this youth group could not hope for two better leaders. Yeah. All right, yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Lord, we just pray right now. God, fill them up. 
Lord, that this, this youth group is about to expand and blow up, God, in a way they've never seen before. Lord, that they are about to see kids come in, Lord, with, I'll say, with issues, with problems, Lord, that they won't know how to tackle, but then all of a sudden, God, you are going to give them miraculous visions and understanding and gifts, God, and they're going to be able to touch these kids' lives in a way that just, Lord, is going to just absolutely melt them. Lord, these kids are going to walk away feeling loved. They're going to walk away feeling you, God, knowing you more. Lord, growing strong in confidence in their skills, God. They are going to go out into the world and make it a better place, Lord. This next generation is in the right hands. Lord, I pray that you you divinely appointed them for this position. Lord, that this these are these are the two right people. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Very, very back. We got, uh, yeah, yeah, you. Yep. Uh, say tan shirt. Yeah. What's your name? Sarah. Let's say, Sarah, I think you have an amazing ability for English, <laughs> which is a very weird and unique gift. Uh, but I think, yeah, yeah, I'll say, so you, it can manifest in a lot of different ways, but I think specifically, when you are going to speak to people, you're going to find that they will be able to understand you, and you're going to be able to comprehend ideas to them that might seem complex, but you're going to make it simple for them. I think you have an ability to communicate with people, that they are going to not just understand what you're saying to them, they're going to understand your heart, they're going to understand the meaning behind it, they're going to be profoundly impacted by the way you speak. Yeah, so um, would you guys just extend your hands towards Sarah? So, Lord, we pray that, uh, that there would be abundant grace, the, a gift from heaven. Lord, as she opens her mouth to speak, as she puts her hand to the paper to write, as she articulates, um, Lord, that, uh, that, that that gift of interpretation of tongues, that the Holy Spirit grace gift would manifest, that people would be able, Lord, to receive um, what she's communicating, what you put in her heart to pass through to others. And, uh, Lord, that this would be not just in ministry, Lord, but that, uh, that in all aspects of life. Um, Sarah, you're, you're heard in heaven. Father wants you to know that your prayers are heard. It's, it's not a case of doing something right or having the right. It's because your heart is heard in heaven. When you open your mouth to commune with the Lord, uh, there's a deep connection there. And that, that connectedness is being translated into the lives of the people around you. Um, you're like a lightning rod for people to encounter God. And, uh, um, but it, it'll, it'll go beyond that into the marketplace and your interactions with people. And So we just bless it. Uh, we bless your ability in the natural, but we also just bless the divine gift of heaven um, that you would prosper and uh, that things would go well for you and that the Lord would advance you in career and in opportunity um, and set you in the right place. And uh, so we just declare that over your life in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. I was like, okay, so then the last, last word I'm going to give you guys is actually for all of you, your entire church. Uh, I just fell apart during worship. Like, that was, you know, we've been talking about the extravagant praise, like, worshiping in a way that 
you know, only, we could only do for God. And I think you guys, you guys do exactly that. Like, I, <laughs> I, I fell apart. I, you guys' worship is so authentic and real. It doesn't need to be loud or, like, incredibly over the top. It's something genuine. Like, you guys worship in a way that it's, there could be no music at all, and it would be just as powerful. And I think that's incredibly important because you're not chasing a feeling and you're not chasing music. You're not chasing the enjoyment of it. You're chasing God and his heart. And I think that is going to lead your church, and that is going to be the thing that defines all of you, your connection to God, your chasing after him. And I'm, I'm really excited to see it. <laughs> Good job, bud. Actually, here, bud. Here, come here. I, fo I subject him all the time to these kinds of things, but we're going to do a selfie. Would you guys oh. smile? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you guys say thank you to Josiah there? <laughs> What's oh. <laughs> um, I actually have a, a word I want to just give to you guys as a church as well. When In worship... I'm going to piggyback off of what Josiah said. In worship, um, I, I, it was like I was looking down on the, the property that you have. And I've given you guys prophetic words can, before about, about what God wants to do here. Um, it's a generational work. It's not just about you. It's about your kids. It's about your children's children. It's about what God wants to do in this community and beyond. And uh, so sometimes we hold ourselves back because we think... Uh, in terms of limitations of our own lifespan, but it's not actually about you. So, so that, you know, that, that when someone says, you got to get over yourself, that's actually a true statement. It can't just be about you. It has to be about coming generations and thinking beyond. Amen? So this is, this is what I saw this morning. Um, as we were worshiping, um, it was like I shot up like a rocket ship uh, to with a, a view of the land and then beyond. And, and there was this an antenna, like an old radio antenna, one of those huge aluminum structures, you know, that tower out. And you can imagine from like the 1950s how, how uh, a news program would, uh, would show a radio antenna with like the little lightning bolt shooting out from it, you know, that kind of scene. Uh, I saw this, this tower that came up on the property and the broadcast of it was reaching the entire, and the, the phrase came, the entire Great Lakes region. And that's not a phrase that we use in Minnesota, um, but it was specific. The entire Great Lakes region was being impacted by what God was doing here. That you were, uh, like the centurion said to Jesus, I'm a man under authority. When I say something, the other one runs. I don't have to question it. I don't have to follow it. Like, I don't have to follow up. I know that when I speak, that another will run and carry out the, the orders. And I, I saw the Lord bringing revelation to you directly and through others. Like this would be a place where God would send people strategically so that the word can get out uh, to the Great Lakes region. And uh, um, worship was a part of that. So I just want to pray for our worship world here. So if you're in the worship team, if you're a part of sound, if you're part of the, the AV structure, audiovisual, like video or production in any way, if that's you, would you just stand up real quick? I know y'all got situated, but there you go. You got comfortable, and now I'm having you do calisthenics. 
in any way you're part of the, the audiovisual word, world here, the worship world. Uh, this can also be youth, too, if youth are a part of the worship teams. Okay. All right, church, would you just extend your hands towards these guys? Lord, we thank you that the sound of heaven is being received and transmitted, rebroadcasted. That the sounds of heaven are impacting and aligning their hearts, and they are those who are under authority, are able to walk in authority because they are those who steward responsibility well. God trusts you that when he gives something to you, it will be carried out. The impact of your ministry is not in proportion to the size of your building. The impact of your ministry and your future ministry, it's not in proportion to the people that are in the room or how many views online, none of that. The Lord is taking what's being said here, and in the Spirit, it is impacting the Great Lakes region. So, Father, we bless and we pray for a hedge of protection, a covering over those who are part of this world. God, that you would hem them in on every side, that you would cause the works of the devil to always and continuously be exposed, that they would never be able to take root in this ministry. God, I pray for your holy light to shine in them and through them, that the light of heaven would be a protection to them, that the transparency of heaven would be a protection to them, that they would flawlessly be able not just to reflect, but to shine the revelation of heaven in and through this ministry. So, Lord, we bless. We bless the work of the musicians. God, we declare over this that there are, are those who are not in this room yet, but they're coming. I thank you, Lord, for the, the realm of excellence that they're stepping into and have stewarded in the past, and we bless it. We declare an increase to it that it won't just be about perfection in music, but it will be about the, uh, the, the resonance, the, the authenticity and actual in alignment with the sound of heaven. So Lord, we thank you for that. So I just bless, I bless, I bless. Declare over this ministry. Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. In Jesus' name. If you agreed with that, you said, amen. 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 All right. There's lots of, guys, there's always, there's always so much ministry uh, that's possible. I feel like we could just literally just do this the rest of the time. I have a word for you, so I want to I be careful and steward the time properly. Um, for those of you who are visiting, uh, welcome to Upper Room. You know, if this isn't your home church, I'll tell you, this is a good one. And uh, uh, the community here is authentic, and this may not, you know, it always won't look like the variety show. <laughs> the carnival that you're seeing today, but this is the uh, the expression is authentic, and so if you're looking for a home church, this really is a good one. If you're watching online, you should start showing up. It's a good place to be. Amen. All right. Come on. Yes. Welcome. Praise God. What's your name? Terry Marsh. Terry. Nice to meet you, Terry. Yes, Welcome. And, I, and I've only been in there just a year. I'm returning home. God brought me there. Come on. Yes. yes. A sign. That's what that is. Yeah. Yes. If you were looking for a signpost, there it is right there. Her name is Terry. <laughs> Welcome. Um, 
Yeah, this is the right. Okay, look at your neighbor and go, hey, I think we're here on the right day. Here. I, I had my first time encountering the presence of the Lord where it was so undeniable. I grew up in a, a Baptist church. Uh, Josiah's grandfather is a Baptist theologian. And um, I've told some of this story here before, but I, I just want to speak to it. I, I um, grew up in a, uh, not a religiously, like, strict home, uh, but in the expression of what worship looked like, the expression of what uh, religion is supposed to look like was pretty, you know, it was buildings, Bibles, baptisms, you know, uh, uh, repentance, salvation, and that was the extent of the message that was preached. Uh, that was the purpose that we were here for, and there was no, there's nothing really beyond that. And and uh, my my father's church was considered cutting edge in the Baptist world because uh, they they allowed guitars. <laughs> you know, if you can remember back that far, uh, they had the first guitars. They had a praise band, and so that was like, wow. But in church, in the church that I grew up in, if, if, we're, if it was a Sunday morning, if you were uh, caught raising your hands in worship, you know, like you might, you might be into it, you close your eyes for a second, you know, if you put your hands in your lap, people are going to leave you alone. But if they, if they start to elevate past your navel, like we got a problem here, Houston, <laughs> if it gets to... You know, we're, we're close to hallelujah land, and if we get to the goalpost, it's good. They're going to ask you to move to the back of the room because you're a distraction from the rest who are trying to worship. <laughs> right? There was, a, there was a reverence that, it's not a misplaced reverence, but the expression, the expressiveness of the experience was really restricted. A lot of that had to do with uh, you know, the ideas of what worship is supposed to be, a lot of that. So I, I leave the home. I'm in the United States military, and I get stationed down in Biloxi, Mississippi. And it's in 1997, and I have a friend uh, in the service who had just got radically saved, and his home church was Brownsville Assemblies of God in Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> and he says to me, hey, let's go to my church this weekend. Like, I had a car, he didn't, he's begging me for a ride. We go down there, and the worship experience was vastly different than the one that I grew up in. It's southern gospel. It is giant choirs, and there was no PowerPoint, there's no words, you know. And uh, 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 I happened to get the opportunity to sit in the front row, and when worship kicked off, the, all 3,000 people ran to the front of the room, and it's a holy mosh pit. And the, the, the Pentecostal way of expressing yourself wasn't, you know, it was, but I mean, the etiquette is hands straight down. You don't want to bump into people, right? So it's just the, the Holy Ghost hop or whatever that is. And, and I, I, I was just, I, I was confused. I struggled. It, the expressiveness of it was so overt. It was out of my box, right? But in those times of worship, you know, what didn't happen the first time that I went there. It happened in a, a later time. But in the times of worship, something unlocked in my heart, and I was willing. I, just, I love Jesus. And I began to worship in that environment. And the presence of God uh, started to rest on me. I started having an actual encounter with God's presence that was beyond just like little Jesus in my heart. I'm having this exterior experience, 
a weightiness began to come upon me, you know, like, like honey, like a thick honey, just like pouring over me. I began to feel this weightiness, you know, I'm feeling sluggish, like, whoa, I'm worshiping, you know, and, and as it, as it began to impact my insides, my inner world began to explode with, with passion, with expression. My inner world I, I had such love coming into me. It was, un, it was absolutely undoing everything in me. All the walls I had up, all the past pain, all the, all the experiences that I didn't understand. You know, uh, my, my mother had passed away from cancer when I was, you know, 17 years old. And so I, I'm carrying this pain. I'm 19 at the time when I'm at the, this, having this encounter with the Lord. And he's pouring love into me. And, you know, if you can imagine, right, as the love is pouring in, the snot is coming out. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just a mess, but I'm loving it. And, and it's, it's intense, and it's beyond, and my heart is wide open to God. I'm willing, anything, Jesus. He's taking my pain, and he's turning it into joy. He's taking my sorrow, and he's giving me beauty. My ashes are being transformed. How is it being transformed? In his presence. It's just being this incredible experience. For years, every time I come into the Lord's presence, I'd bawl. And then one day, it just like, like a faucet, zip, and that just stopped happening. I noticed that it was in proportion to him reversing the broken things in my life. It was like I was being healed, and as I was being healed, you know, it's all coming out of me, and God's doing this deep work in my heart, and oh, it's amazing. As long as my heart stayed open, he would pour in. It's incredible. How many notice in life that like life experiences are not always fun and games? Life experiences sometimes are difficult. Sometimes when stuff comes at you, you have to, you feel like you have to protect yourself. You know, the right situation, the right moment might cause you to put up walls. And if you're not careful, those walls remain up. Then you come into a time of worship like this, and those walls are still up. And, and you're not meaning to resist God. After all, God's trustworthy. But something on the inside of you is having a difficult time with the function of opening your heart. Anyone know what I'm talking about? With people that are trusted, trustworthy people, you can. You can open your heart to them, you know? And this, there's a relational thing that flows, and it's good, and it's... But have you ever noticed that if somebody violates your trust, whoop, those walls shut right down? Oh, you can interact with a person that you were absolutely glued to, connected to, and then when something of pain happens, you shut down, and that interaction, that intimacy is gone. You try to get it back. You try to interact. You try to have relationship. You try to have conversation. You go out to coffee. You're, you're trying. You're pursuing, and you know, though, it's, go- it's done. It's gone. What happened here? How do I get this back? How do I become open once again to that person? We don't, we don't mean to. But life causes us to... It's not always good. Jesus said, in this world you have trouble. God's always good. The world isn't. 
God promises to take that which was meant for evil and turn it for good. That's a promise. But, but that doesn't mean the thing that was meant for evil is good. And this, this tension leaves us confused. We don't mean to be confused. You know, we, we don't, we want to live open lives that our hearts are open and we love and God flows through us and the encounter is happening, but, but life throws some stuff at us that we're, we're having to learn a response. Can I tell you that when Jesus came, he came to open the door of heaven so that it would be permanently opened to humanity. The gate in the Garden of Eden was closed. The way to life, eternal life, was guarded by the flaming sword and an angel stood guard. And Adam and Eve were ushered out of eternal life. And Jesus came to undo, to open the way, to create the path the scripture talks about there was a veil between God's manifested tangible presence in the temple, a foot-thick veil, a curtain so thick you cannot get past it. God's presence is on one side, and humanity is on the other side. We could leave offerings at the door. We could sprinkle the blood sacrifice, but you couldn't remain. You had to leave. If you reached out and touched the presence, you'd die. The holiness is impossible to interact with. You could not reach towards God. For all of human history, I, I'm a, I, I enjoy working with Aboriginal peoples. So in our region in Minnesota, uh, we have the Ojibwe Native American tribes and the Dakota, Dakota and Lakota Native American tribes. In uh, the city that I grew up in was the Dakota home ground. Their reservation is there. And, and uh, something remarkable happened as I began to interact with friends in high school, you know, that were part of those tribes. I got, there was a curiosity that took place. And uh, I realized some of the atrocities that took place in my backyard. And you know, it was a journey of the heart that was interacting with this. And I'm, uh, I, what I found with them in... I have wonderful relationships in the Dakota tribes, wonderful relationships with their, um, uh, their leaders, the, uh, the spiritual leader of all Dakota peoples, like, is a friend of mine, you know, like, uh, like you would refer to, like, a shaman, this kind of a person, the priest of the Dakota religion. They talk about the longing in there and the authentic pursuit of them communing with creator. It's authentic, man. Pursuing. They're, they're trying. It's, it's, they, they feel it. They know the gap that they're trying to reach to the uncreated God. They know he's there, but they can't attain. They can't access. The, everything about the, the practices is all about bridging the gap, trying to reach to touch the uncreated God. All of humanity in every culture in all of world history has that sort of story. We know that he's there. We know that he exists, but we can't reach him. Jesus came to rend the veil, to make the way, 
How do you touch the uncreated God? The only way is through his son. The only way. Right? That longing is, that's the story of salvation. This is the story of our God, the one who we worship. There's this passage. I, I, want, I want to catch it here. Because this is, this is something I, I, I'm going to leave you with a tool today that I really do believe that's going to, it's, it's going to open something up to you and everything we talked about for worship, the whole thing, um, it has the potential. Your world will go to the next level after we talk about this today. There's a, there's a dimension to worship that will touch your lives, not just in a corporate setting like this, in your personal lives, where uh, those, those closed doors, those resistance, that stuff where you're like, where is God in this situation? You, no lo- you will never have to ask that question again after our conversation today. You'll be able to recognize and help the actual encounter of the living God into every situation, even the difficult ones, even the ones you think there's no way God's involved in that one, you will, you'll know how to access. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. This is Psalms 24, verse 6. Psalms 24, starting in verse 6. We're going to read through verse 10. I think we, yes. This is the generation of those who seek him. Who seek your face, even Jacob. And then look at this statement, it's a prophetic statement. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors. Why? That the king of glory might come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your head, O gates. Lift them up, O ancient doors that the king of glory can come in. Who is the king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. The word host there is angel armies. He is the king of glory. There's an ancient door and there is a modern gate. There is an ancient door and then there is a gate. The ancient door was the veil. The ancient door is impossible. Only God can open this door. This door is the door that Jesus came to open. It is the one that John looks, he perceives in heaven, and there's a door open, and the voice says, come on up here. That door still stands open to you. If you want to go up there, you can, anytime. You can ascend in your heart and encounter God anytime you want. That revelation door is wide open to the person of Christ. It's wide open. Jesus, when he resurrects, right, he goes into the grave the cross is the answer to sin the closed door exists jesus goes into the grave and what happens the veil in the temple is torn the very thing that kept humanity from god's presence the door is rent open never again to be shut Nothing that humanity can do can shut the God door. Okay, repeat after me. It's the God door. Okay, it is the ancient door. Jesus is the one who opened that door. Okay, look again. This is Psalms 24, 6. Here's the generation of those who seek him. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors. Why? So that... The king of glory can come in, so the encounter can happen. Who is this king of glory? He is the God who commands all of the angel armies. 
He is the God who has every answer that humanity ever needs. He is the one who was willing to come and to lay his life down, to open that door. There's two doors. Everyone repeat after me. Two doors. The ancient door on heaven's side of things is open. Humanity is no longer kept from the presence. You can access God anytime. So what about this modern gate? Where is the modern gate? Where is the gate to your life, the gate to these situations? Behold, I stand and I knock, and if you'll hear my voice, you'll open up, I'll have fellowship with you. See, that's not an eternal issue. That's a temporal one. That's a personal issue. God opened heaven to interact with humanity. He stands and beckons you come what takes place though the separation is not it's it's not the it's not the ancient door that separates us from god it's the 18 inches between your head and your heart <laughs> what separates you from the god encounter at even any given time is this it's this right here it's your perception towards that person. Why did your heart shut towards them? You felt like you couldn't trust them anymore, and the door of your heart shut. Boom. They can't open it. They can't force it open. They can't get in. That door has to open if you're going to have actual fellowship with them, if you're going to connect with them, right? What about the God experience? What about the God encounter? Nothing that happens in the earth realm will ever shut that door to heaven. When God shut the door to Adam and Eve in the very beginning, it says that he placed the cherubim and the flaming sword before the tree of life. Eternal life is shut. Humanity cannot access it. Christ Jesus resurrects from the grave. He unlocks the door. It's open wide. The veil is rent. And then he says to his disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait, because there's a promise of the Father, right, that's coming. They're all in an upper room. In that upper room, they're seeking God. And then what happens? The sound, like a violent rushing wind, and the flame of fire all come over and rest upon each person. And the scripture says that God violently breathed into that room the breath of life. The gate that was shut to humanity is now open and accessible. God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Humanity can never shut that door. Our actions, it doesn't matter how cold you get, it doesn't matter how angry you get at God, you can't shut his door. It's open. Doesn't matter how rebellious that child of yours is, that door is open. The ancient door, wide open. God's presence accessible at any time, at any time. Not conditional upon what you do. So if you came in here today and you said, Pastor Jamie, I've been feeling so far away from God issue is not on God's end in any way not in any way I didn't experience God's presence today in worship pastor it's not that God's not here what's going on there's something going on this this is shut this is shut pastor Jamie I don't know how to open it though ah well that's why I'm here today because once you figure out how to open this 
what you're going to find is that it doesn't matter what situation you're facing, it can be an evil situation. Evil. And you'll be able to open the God door and his breath will come into it and it'll transform it. Uh, there's a story in Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter 20. It's the story of Jehoshaphat. Anybody know this one? Jehoshaphat is the king of, of uh, Judah. Okay? Uh, in that day, the, all of the Jewish people had been broken into sort of two camps. You had two tribes that made up the, uh, the, the, the kingdom, if you will, of Judah. It's where Jerusalem is. It's, uh, and then you have the, uh, the Israelites or the Israel, and you have you know, ten tribes that are over here. And you've, so they're, they're having this sort of separate experience, but Jehoshaphat is this king who's in Jerusalem, and an enemy is coming in, and, and it looks like they're going to get wiped out. Like, it's not good. It's an enemy who has the power to destroy them. You know? There's nothing we can do about it. It's an assault that, in the natural, like, Jehoshaphat's army is not going to be able to win. They cry out to God. They call a fast. They begin to seek God. And this is what ends up coming to uh, Jehoshaphat, the king, okay? They rose, this is verse 20, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20. They rose early in the morning, and they went out to the wilderness. When they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said to them, Listen to me, O Judah. Listen to me, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets, and will succeed. When he consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord, and those who praised him with holy attire, and they went out before the army. And they said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness as everlasting. And when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished, they turned on themselves and destroyed themselves. Okay, what happened here? Jehoshaphat the king goes, there's a natural army. It's impossible. The situation's not good. Evil is coming against your life. I, Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. When you came to Christ... You started tasting me as goodness, but it didn't mean that your life was, like, easy. I, I had a, I, I had a, there's a family in our church who uh, had come to the Lord, and man, they got radically saved, radically saved. And, uh, but she came to me recently, said, Pastor Jamie, said, since I got saved, things became, became harder. They became harder, not easier. Like a whole hornet's nest got stirred up, and like we just keep having all these issues, problem after problem after problem. I, I was asking her, I was like, well, are you experiencing his presence? Yes. Does he turn things for good? Yes. You're on the right track. Keep going. This is life. We overcome. You know, when you got saved, it doesn't mean everything becomes easy and everything that comes at your life is good. He made you an overcomer. So here you go. Jehoshaphat goes out to face this army. There's nothing they can do about it. And God gives them the idea, send out the worship team. 
You have all the army arrayed, swords, battle, we're, ah, we're going to take on this army. And then we have the worship team with tambourines, right, guitars, little flutes. And we're going to send them out before the Lord, before the Lord's army. And what happens when they do? They go out and they begin to sing this little ditty, right? Give thanks to the Lord, His loving kindness endures. Right? They begin to give praise to God. And when they did, it says that the armies turned on themselves and they began destroying themselves. If you can imagine with me, when they began to give thanks and praise, the angels of heaven got involved. And what was meant for destruction now all of a sudden is turned in a moment where good is going to result. God's intention towards Israel is that they would survive, but they had to be the ones to open this gate. They had to do something to open the encounter. What was shut to them had to be open, and it was their choice. What was the choice they made? Look at this. this there's two words here I want you to recognize, okay? The first is give thanks to the Lord. The word is thanks. Okay, the Hebrew language is pictorial in nature. It has this word has three parts to it. There's three pictures. The first word, the first part of this, is a man with his hands raised. Everybody do this. Just lift up your hands. The second picture in this word is the heart door being opened. And the third part of this word is the, the, the A-H at the end. It's what got added to Abraham's name. It's the ha. It's the breath of God. It's a man lifting his hands, opening his heart, and then the breath of God coming. And what's the result? The angel armies get involved. This is what Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving is the intentional opening of your heart towards God to allow his breath to come upon your perspective. Thanksgiving is the intentional act of a human to open their heart to what God has to say in the situation. Psalms 100, Pastor Aaron shared this last week, I believe. Psalms 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And then into his courts with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. The word thanksgiving is a word of intentionality. It is an action. It is not a feeling. <laughs> okay, when's the last time that something like bad happened to you? Okay, just think about it for a moment here. Okay? We're going to do something today. You're going to encounter God, and it's going to be awesome. I want you to think of something that was difficult that has happened to you recently. All sorts of warm fuzzies going on right now, right? Something difficult. Think of it. Draw it back to your heart, back to your memory. When something difficult comes to your mind, you're like, whew, I don't really want to talk about that. I don't really want to meditate on that. I don't really want to, I mean, if I pass the mic around, it'd be a real bummer by the time the mic got to you, right? Like, if we began sharing all the worst things that have happened to us, what would the atmosphere of the room become like? We would just, right?
Thanksgiving is the choice that in the midst of something bad, you intentionally open your heart to God to see what he has to say about it. Thanksgiving is literally to give thanks. For what? For the very difficult thing you're going through. Pastor Jamie, are you nuts? You're telling me that the key to opening my heart to God's breath in the most difficult thing that's ever happened to me in my life is to thank God for it. Yes. It's the opposite thing that your emotions want to do. It is the opposite thing that humanity wants to do. You don't want to look at it. You don't want to talk about it. What I'm telling you is that if you'll give thanks for it, though, God will add his perspective. I, I ask this question to people um, when we're talking about this subject. I, I go, hey, would you like to have the results that only you can achieve, or would you like God to get involved in that? Do you want God involved in this situation, or you got it? You're good. Yeah, I, I, would you like, oh man, all right. I'm leaving tomorrow, so it's fine. Would you like God involved in government? Would you like God involved in our government? Okay, well then start giving thanks for our current government. Do you want God's perspective on the political situation? Instead of cursing it, start giving thanks for it. Are you freaking kidding me, Pastor Jamie? Yeah, this is real. There's a reason why there's so much demonic stuff going on in this thing right now, because the church shut our hearts. We stopped giving God's breath to it. Something dark happens, we're like, whoop, self-protection, let's isolate. Instead of pressing in and opening up. See, we let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let, let, see, our mouth matters. What we say to something matters. We, see, the God breath comes through us, and angel armies are looking for the God breath to come out of you. If you want heaven's armies involved in your situation, then something of God's breath has to come through your life. How do you enter his gate where he's making decisions? Thanksgiving. Man, I could get happy up here. Thanksgiving. Pastor Jamie, that person, they're not trustworthy. They hurt me. Awesome. Where's God in that? I don't know where God's at. That's the problem. Start to give thanks because he's trustworthy. Lord, I don't know where you're at in that situation, but I thank you. I give you thanks for this because I know in the midst of all of this, you're involved someplace. You're up to something. Okay, immediately we try to go to the altar and we're like, we're, we, we come to the altar to praise. We're looking for, and we're, we're like, we recite prose, right? God is good. He's lifted on high. We bring these declarations of praise, but our hearts are shut. How do you get your heart open again? How does the breath come into you? Because praise is prophetic in nature. If you want praise... That requires the God breath in and through you. It's prophetic. And that doesn't come to you unless you can give thanks. God is a freaking genius. You know what that does? That prevents any bitter person from having authority. 
Because you're not going to have authority to release angel armies when you're bitter. Why? Because you can't give thanks. The door is shut. How do you unlock the God encounter? Do you want angels of heaven intervening this situation, or do you got it? Do you want the angels of heaven intervening in this situation? Do you want to be like Jehoshaphat who goes out and goes, whoa, God took care of it all? Yes. Or are you interested in having casualties, more casualties, more issues, more problems, more pain? Really? You got it? You're solving it? Your family's going to be fine, right? Mom, dad stepped out on the other one. We have total destruction going on in the home, but you're good. You got it. I'll just go get some counseling. That'll fix it. Friends, when demons get involved in someone's life, the only way out is God. You don't got it. Heaven's door never shut to the situation. Heaven's door was always accessible. What shut was your heart. And the only way to unlock your heart is to give thanks. Thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving go together. Okay, so what happens in Jehoshaphat's situation, they go out and they go, God is merciful and his loving kindness is everlasting. They're giving thanks. And as they're thanking God for his everlasting kindness towards them, as they're facing their doom, they're going out to die. God, you're so merciful and kind to us. Thank you. The God breath comes in. And then what begins to fill their tongues is it says praise. And the word praise, it, it, is, it is the term for prophetic utterance in praise. It's the, it's your new perspective. You're giving thanks for it, and all of a sudden that you see that God is involved in this something, somewhere. It doesn't mean that the thing that happened is good. It means that God's involved. And once you see God's involved, you'll have a new perspective, and then you give utterance to it. You speak it. Praise, prophecy comes out of your mouth. And as soon as you start speaking the prophetic praise... That is where the angelic assignment comes. That's where everything unlocks and changes forever. I'm going to ask you again. You got it, or would you like God to get involved in it? <sighs> Man, bitterness is a bummer. Somebody did something to you, and you're mad about it. It's... There's injustice in it. It's not fair. How do, how do you unlock the injustice? How, how do you... It's not fair. See, your heart... There isn't something that can happen in the natural. Like, if justice finally has its day in court, it, it won't satisfy the thing that has happened in your heart. There's really no such thing as justice on this side of eternity. You could pay back evil for evil, but the only way to overcome it is to pay back to give good. But, but how do you get your heart there? I'm telling you, friends. It feels mechanical at first. You're like, okay, thank you, God. 
but but as you press into there and you're intentionally it's like like cracking the door god is the god's the ultimate vacuum salesman you crack that door boom his foot goes in <laughs> you're not gonna be able to get that door shut okay if you just begin to turn your heart towards him he'll be at the head of the road running towards the prodigal son that you are heart is closed right now but it doesn't have to be you have pain right now but it doesn't have to be giving thanks is what unlocks the healing balm are you alive this morning okay this is what I want to do okay uh, I want to just close our our time today with a simple exercise okay you already began to meditate on the worst things that have happened to you recently my gift to you um, what we're going to do actually right now, though, is I'm going to invite Tony up. He's going to get on the keyboard, okay? And we're going to intentionally right now choose to start to give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness in that situation. Okay, you're not thanking God for the evil that happened. That's weird. Don't do that. You're thinking that God is faithful and that his merciful kindness towards you is everlasting. It will never change. And that he is the God who gives you beauty for ashes. We don't have to hang out here long, but I'm telling you, as soon as you figure out how to do this, you'll never have a bad day again. You'll be facing a hardship at work, and instead of trying to solve it yourself, you'll go ahead and usher God's angel armies into the situation. Are you with me? Tony, if you just begin to play church, if you just, I just want you in this place right now, you know, you, uh, the posture of a thankful heart is your hands lifted up. And so um, I, I'm going to ask you to, you can get comfortable, you can stay seated, or as the Lord stirs you, I want you to stand. And if you're willing to make that choice, lift your hands to Him and begin to give thanks. Just begin to give thanks to Him. He's good. Jesus Holy Spirit of God we thank you that you're here you never leave us you never forsake us that door would never be shut to us you love us so much but Father we bring to you these places where it's been difficult to keep our hearts open and we're intentionally inviting you in Jesus Thanks to you, Lord Jesus. You are good, Lord. Your loving kindness endures. We give thanks to you, Lord Jesus. Come on, just begin to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Your loving kindness. It's everlasting. I know you'll never leave me. I know you'll never forsake me. You're giving beauty for ashes. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just choose. Holy Spirit, would you enable hearts this morning? We're walking to the door. We hear you knocking this morning, Jesus. And you're wanting to bring healing. You're wanting to bring restoration. You're wanting to bring prophetic praise that releases solution to the earth. And we want to be those vessels. So we choose today.
could choose. So I want you to ask him, Lord Jesus, what do you say about this situation? Come on, just ask him. Come on, what did he say? Because that's your praise. That's your anthem right there. Come on, begin to declare it now. You are good.
Come on, bring declaration to it. What's the Lord say about it? Declare it. Declare it. Lord, you're stepping into that situation, reversing it. You're bringing beauty from ashes. See him resurrecting dreams. See him resurrecting dreams. destiny over our people and in the world, God, that that has not been relented and that the calling of God is without repentance. And so, Father, we thank you that you are involved. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that even in the midst of evil kings in the old, Lord, that you would rise up prophets to speak into their lives. And God, that you always, you're involved, you're not distant, and that you're at work. And we give you thanks for that. So we prophesy, we decree, come your kingdom and be done your will, Lord, in this hour of history, just as it has been purposed in heaven, without relenting, Lord, unequivocally, Lord, bring your peace that passes understanding and guard hearts and minds. And Father, this day, in Jesus' name, we break the forms of torment that have come against people. We break the torment off the church, Lord. Jesus' name, we break torment off of people. Peace, be still. Know that he is God. He's bringing beauty from ashes. There is a mantle and authority of praise that rests on this house. So Father, give grace, 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 Lord, who are willing to open the hearts. Lord, willing to humble themselves in thanksgiving. And Lord, willing. Lord, I'm asking you to give grace to them. Abundant grace. Lord, I pray for the prophetic songs that will come from this place out of the gate of thanksgiving, Lord, that those songs are going to be heard throughout the Great Lakes, that you're going to move so powerfully. You're going to release the sound of heaven in this house. It's going to bring alignment. It's going to bring assignments. God's kingdom is going to be advanced forcefully and powerfully, and lives are going to be transformed. God, I thank you for this people. Thank you for this people. 
So I bless them today. Declare the Lord's blessing over you, church. Would you just receive it? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord's favor and countenance rise upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. And the shalom of heaven would guard your hearts and minds. That everywhere you go, you would advance this kingdom of peace. Decree your blessing, Father, over this house in Jesus' mighty name. And anybody who dared to agree with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today? Hey, it's a real privilege to be here, guys. Thank you so much for hosting us, Will. We, uh, we love you. We're praying for you. You guys are awesome. Keep going for it. Amen. Thank you.